as Christian business owners, it's super important that we are putting God first in our businesses, in our lives, all of the things. And that in the same way that we would skill up in our businesses so that we can serve our clients better and that we can, um, you know, be more competent in our area of expertise, we need to skill up our faith too. And we need to work on having a stronger faith. And this is something that can make our business more in line with God, even if we have a business that is not outwardly Christian. So for example, a lot of a lot of Christian business owners don't necessarily serve other Christian businesses, right? They serve different groups of people because that's who they've been called to serve. And so even if you fall into that camp and you are sitting there like, well, my, I'm a Christian, my business isn't necessarily Christian, you can still strengthen your business um, with what I've got for you in today's episode. So I am going to share with you six spiritual practices that are going to help strengthen your faith and by virtue um, strengthen your business as well. Um, these are some you'll obviously have heard about, some are less common things, and we're going to just talk about why those things um, in particular are useful for strengthening um, your business and your walk with God in general. So I'm super excited to break down these for you. Um, these are things that um, I try to do as often as I am able because I think that these are really cool things to do and a lot of them are very fun, I think at least. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to share this with you. So let's get into today's episode. Grow your Christian business with me, Sarah Beisel. This is a podcast for Christian women who want to build crazy successful businesses with God at the center of it all. We're about to dig into biblical marketing strategies and build a firm foundation for your business that's rooted in biblical truth. If you want to make money in your business, but nothing seems to be working no matter how hard you try, then it's time to create a custom marketing plan that's designed around who God created you to be. So say goodbye to confusion and hello to a content strategy that's filled with God's peace and freedom. Okay, before we jump into these six things, I just want to check that you have my biblical marketing blueprint. If you have not downloaded this free resource, you absolutely need to go and do that. It is pages upon pages of information about my framework that I follow, that I implement in marketing, and it connects everything to the Bible. It's all based on Jesus's life, his ministry, how he carried himself in the world, how he interacted with other people, how he conducted his ministry. And I've taken all of these lessons and put it into a marketing framework for you. This resource also connects to podcast episodes that I have about each topic. So you're going to be able to go into so much more detail in each of these topics by going to this resource, following the podcast episodes, and really soaking in all this information. And there's information in there about how to work with me at the next level as well. So if you download this framework and you love it and it's so impactful, for you, then you can also come along into my program, Firm Foundation, and work through these principles with me. I have in-depth trainings on each of these topics inside the program, as well as weekly coaching to help you apply these concepts to your business so that you can see that impact, you can grow your income, and you can just feel more at peace in your business. 
So you can find information on the program at sarahbeisel.com slash firmfoundation. You can go download your free blueprint at sarahbeisel.com slash blueprint. That resource is totally free. I really encourage you to go get it. There's a lot of great information in there. Okay, so spiritual practices. I love, I love talking about this. It's so much fun. Um, like I said, some of these you'll have heard of and you're probably doing a lot of these already, but there might be a few in here that you maybe didn't think about or you didn't really, um, you just don't do as often. Maybe you just aren't aware of them um, or aren't aware of how they can help your business. So let's break these down because I think they're really, really interesting. So the first one obviously is pray. <laughs> Starting with the obvious ones here. But if you're not praying daily for your business, then that's a practice that you need to start. Now, it doesn't always need to be like this formal in the morning prayer time. Of course, that is super beneficial and it's important. I think that we start our days um, with God, but sometimes <laughs> I, I have a little one. Sometimes those morning times just don't happen. Your, your baby wakes up earlier than, they, than you expect and your day is just off to a rocky start. Like, I get it. But pray throughout the day. Take, take your baby on a walk and pray on your walk or hop in the shower and say some prayers in the shower. That's what I do a lot of the time is I end up actually praying while I'm showering because it's like, well, this is a great time where I have no one to distract me. I'm going to spend this time praying. But you need to pray for your business. And this can extend to praying for your clients as well, the ones that you have, the ones that have not yet signed up and really building that prayer life for not just you in your business, but your clients and the people that you're serving in your business. Um, you can pray over all sorts of things in your business as well. You can pray at the start of coaching calls. If you want, you can pray at the start of meetings and workshops. If you want, don't feel like you have to. Again, I know not everyone has an outwardly Christian business, so you don't need to do those components, right? You can keep your prayer private um, if your audience is not a faith audience, right? Um, but there's lots of ways that you can integrate prayer. Like I just ran some giveaways and before I drew the names for the giveaways, I prayed over it and said, God, look, the people that are going to be drawn here, let these be the ones that need to receive this gift right now. And it, I think it worked out really beautifully. The people that, that came up for each of the giveaways that I was running, it seemed like they were the perfect person for that giveaway. So you can pray over lots of different things throughout your business as well, right? It's not just a pray in the morning, like, okay, God, bless the day, bless the business, blah, 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 right? Which is great, but that doesn't need to be where it ends, right? Take it to that next level. Spiritual practice number two is read your Bible. There are so many amazing lessons in the Bible that we can apply to business in particular. That's why I have my whole biblical marketing, marketing blueprint. Can't say that. Biblical marketing blueprint, that's where that came from, were business lessons that I found just by observing and reflecting on how Jesus conducted his ministry because our businesses are our ministry. So we can learn how to operate our businesses by learning how Jesus operated when he was here on earth. So read your Bible, spend time every day, every week. If it's not possible to read every single day, read every single week and make sure that you are stuck in and connected to the word of God. Spiritual practice number three is intercession. Now, I specifically mentioned in the prayer part that um, you should be praying for your clients as well, but interse intercession 
takes this to a different level. Intercession is this idea of intervening on behalf of someone else. So, for example, um, when um, God is about to um, destroy Sodom and Abraham is, is praying to God saying, please save my son, let my son escape before you, you know, rain down on this place. And so Abraham was interceding for his son. And so it's this idea that we pray and petition to God for other people. So intercession in the context of business could like praying for breakthroughs for your clients, right? It's obviously they need to do the work, you know, all the all these things. But if we are leading our businesses in a Christian capacity, then it is our responsibility spiritually to be interceding for the people that we steward right? That's how I want you to think about it. Like you steward your business, right? Your business has been entrusted to you by God. That makes you the shepherd, the steward of your business. And you are then responsible for the people that come in, interact with your business, whether that is um, employees or people that you contract work to, whether it is clients, um, whether they come in for one workshop or have a long-term relationship with you. You have a, like a responsibility to intercede for these people. Now, this is not something you need to do all of the time, but it's something that should be a regular part of your like spiritual walk. It's a spiritual practice that we should engage in. And so, for example, it could look like if you're going to run a workshop, you could spend a bit of time the night before or the morning of interceding and praying over that workshop and praying for um, the people that are going to sign up, the people that are going to show up live praying that they will have a breakthrough, that they will get a result, that they will, um, you know, receive something, a blessing, a benefit, something out of this time, right? Notice how it's not praying for them to come and work with you, right? It's intercession, meaning it is completely selfless on their behalf. You're basically praying their prayers for them in a way, right? This is something that my church used to do, um, or I think they still do. I'm just no longer part of that church because I moved, but we did this every single Every single Sunday, there was um, an intercession team, um, and it was a small handful of people. I, um, I don't know exactly how many. I, I participated as part of a, an internship with them, so there were lots of us doing it when we were there. So there was maybe 10 of us um, during the internship. And um, my church has two services, a morning service and an evening service. And so we would, in the evening service, we went to service in the morning, right? We attended church, did all the things, and then we would come back in the evening. And instead of sitting through the sermon again, we would go into another room and spend the entire service interceding. And so we would pray as a group and we would have reflective time, quiet time to let God speak and direct these prayers and see what prayers would come up. And we would pray for people to be um, like ministered to and that the message would, you know, connect with them and it would give them something that they needed. We would pray for, you know, bravery for them to ask for prayer at the end of the service. All of, the, you know, all of those things we would pray for people to, you know, come to faith that day, you know, all of these types of things. So it was entirely, it was a focus entire, a, a time t entirely focused on basically praying prayers on behalf of other people, interceding for them, bringing them to God, petitioning God for the things that they need breakthrough with. So make this a habit in your business to, to intercede for your clients. Um, the people that are your customers, the people that come to your workshops or your your events. It, it doesn't always need to be an individual intercession, although it could be if you have, 
you know, one-on-one long-term relationships with people as well. And maybe God will lead you to intercede for a particular person. But it could just be in general as well, right? Like these, like in the service example, we were not praying for um, every single individual by name. We would maybe, you know, speak the leadership team out by name, right? The pastor, the people doing, running worship and, you know, all of those types of people by name. But, you know, in general, it was just like these people have come to the building tonight for a reason, God. Like, minister to them through this, through the words of the service. Like, let these concepts connect with them and challenge them to grow their faith to, you know, all of these things, right? You get the idea. So do that for your audience. <laughs> I'm very passionate about this. I could talk about this for a long time, but I'm going to cut myself off because I still have three more things to talk about. So <laughs> spiritual practice number four, another one I am hugely passionate about is fasting. Now, I... I'm very, I'm, I'm upset because I can't fast right now. I'm breastfeeding. I have a small child. It is not, it is not safe or healthy for, for me to engage in fasting right now, which is fine. This is just a season of my life and it's a practice that I can't engage in right now. Um, but that's okay. I will come back to this practice as soon as I am able to. Um, but so fasting comes with a caveat, right? Like you, you have to consider your health before you engage in fasting. If you have like, you know, a history of eating disorders where fasting could trigger you, if, um, you know, you have particular health conditions, you know, or, you know, you are pregnant or breastfeeding, you know, and you're, you're in a season where fasting is, you know, very dangerous or damaging for you, obviously do not engage in fasting. <laughs> you know, this is not the end all be all. There are other ways to connect with your faith. But if you are not any of these things, if you're just a regular old person who is blessed with no issues, you should engage in fasting. You do not need to do it all of the time. You don't need to do super extended fasting. You can do this the way that it looks for you. Um, but I love fasting for health reasons and for spiritual reasons. It is one of the best ways to really like clear your head of like gunk. <laughs> I just find that when I fast, my brain is just lit up. And there's so many health reasons that I'm, and like nutritional reasons. I, I am not going to get into that because although I'm super passionate about it, I am not an expert and I will butcher trying to explain how it works because I am not a nutritionist. I don't really like, I know it, but I can't explain it to you with competence, right? But it is so good for you. It's also so good for your health in general. By fasting, you're essentially helping your body recycle. So it finds all of the, the these like dead materials and dead cells and everything in your body. And it basically, it's called autophagy. Basically, by fasting, you're helping your body essentially cleanse itself of all this old dead weight. And it like basically gets rid of it. It produces some, it uses it to produce something new. So it's like, it's fantastic. It's super healthy for you. But anyway, that aside, <laughs> spiritually, fasting is amazing as well because it lets you Take a distraction out of your life. Take something that you um, are so dependent on and give that dependency to God for a, a short season. Now, that season could be a day. It could be a week. It could be a month. I know people in my previous church that did month-long fast um, when it was something super important and they wanted to, they wanted to fast for a month. I don't recommend that. That seems like, that seems very extreme. But again, Jesus fasted for 40 days, right? It's it's something that is completely possible. Um, but I would do that with after, you know, lots of practice fasting. 
Because that's the other thing. Fasting is not just something that you can just do. It's something that needs practice. It's a discipline. It's something that you need to stretch yourself at and to grow in. Like all of these, all of these practices are not things that you can just switch on and off like that. I think that's something that's so important. And it's not something we talk about often enough when it comes to fasting in particular. I see a lot of churches, my old church did this as well, where they would encourage people to engage in a week-long fast. And if you have never fasted before, a week-long fast can be very dangerous because you don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to keep yourself healthy through that time. And you're just not used to it. Your body is not prepared for it. So if you want to start fasting, start with maybe just skipping one meal and fast fast breakfast and then start your day at lunch. Maybe you can just do like a sun up to sun down fast and just not eat during the day and then have a meal in the evening. Then maybe you do a one day fast. Then maybe you do two days or a weekend, you know, all of these things. But by removing those distractions and giving yourself that opportunity to um, just focus on God, give that dependency to God and say, okay, I need food to survive. But today, I am choosing not to have food. I am choosing to have you because you provide everything that I need. And in this time, instead of sitting for a meal, I'm going to pray. I'm going to put on worship music and worship. I'm going to take myself for a walk and just like appreciate your creation and let you speak to me. What, you know, whatever it is that you want to do. Um, a lot of times fasting goes very well with a big decision that you need to make. And you use that time fasting to, um, seek guidance on the decisions that you need to make. So if you were going to be making a huge pivot in your business, as an example, you needed a big decision um, and you weren't sure exactly what to do, then that would be a perfect time to fast and just take one day or two days or however long you feel is appropriate and say, right, God, I need to make this decision and I, I don't know what the right path forward is. I'm choosing to give up this thing that I am dependent on so that you and I can connect in this time. And for the next two days, it's just you and me. And I am going to seek your wisdom every single time I would normally be eating. I'm going to seek your wisdom. I'm going to seek your guidance. And maybe by the end of that fasting period, you're going to get your answer because a lot of times God responds that way. You fast, you give up that, that thing that you're so dependent on, and God gives you a breakthrough. Obviously, it doesn't always work that way, right? Like, let's just put the caveats where the caveats need to be. It's not a guarantee, right? Nothing is a guarantee, but it's going to be blessed in one way or another, whether the blessing is just through health benefits, whether the blessing is the answer to the prayer, the breakthrough that you've been seeking, any of these things. But fasting is something that is so important. And if you do not have those reasons why you cannot fast, it's something that every single person should be doing from time to time in some capacity. Again, another one I'm very passionate about and I could talk for hours and hours about fasting. I'm going to cut myself off so that we can finish up this podcast episode. <laughs> episode, not episode. Um, spiritual practice number five um, is extended listening time. So this goes beyond just prayer. Extended listening time is really giving yourself time to be completely still completely quiet and allow God to speak to you. We do not often sit down in complete silence, in complete complete quiet, and allow God to just speak to us. So much of the time, um, we are praying on the go. We're praying while we're doing other things. We're multitasking. You know, we're praying while driving. Like I was saying earlier, a lot of the times I pray in the shower. Like that's multitasking though. It's not 
the best. It's better than not doing it at all, but it's not optimal. It's better for me to create time to be completely quiet and see where God takes my thoughts. This is something I used used to do this weekly when I was a student. And then I don't know what happened. Life got busy. I got distracted and this habit just kind of died out. But it used to be weekly. I spent 30 minutes. Um, and it was, I had to, it was, it began again in this internship I was just telling you about where, um, I got assigned a member of the church leadership team to pray for every week. And so for 30 minutes, every single week, I was praying for this person. Um, I believe her name was Lydia. I don't, I don't remember now. It's been so, it's been so many years, but I believe her name was Lydia. Um, um, I can't remember. Anyway, I'm distracted thinking about her name, but anyway, (laughs) And for 30 minutes every week, though, I would pray for this person. And my, the, the way that the prayer was is I would just sit down, I would have my cup of coffee, and I would say, God, what do you want me to pray for? Because I don't know her needs. You know her needs. So tell me, what do I pray for? What am I leaning into? And for 30 minutes, I would just sit in the quiet. And I would let my mind wander where God took it. And sometimes he, t- he took it to, you know, parts of the the body in this person it turns out she needed healing for you know a headache or a sore leg or whatever it was and then other times you know other times sometimes it was just 30 minutes of silence and nothing came to mind and that's okay because it's a practice but every single week for 30 minutes I just sat in the quiet and let God lead that time and it's something that again takes practice it takes discipline but the benefits are beautiful and if you feel like you are creatively blocked in your business you're having hard times Again, making decisions you're not sure what direction God is calling you to or asking you to step into, then try building in this extended listening time practice every single week. 30 minutes of complete silence, just you, a notepad, coffee or water or tea, a drink of choice to keep you hydrated, right? And just silence for 30 minutes. No music, no praying out loud unless you're led to pray something in that time, no agenda. And you just say, God, what are we talking about today? What do you want me to pray about? What do you want me to be thinking about? Where are you taking me? What's on your heart? What's on your mind right now? And then just giving him that time to experience it. To experience it. Um, extended listening time is a really amazing thing. And there's a lot of tips that I can share about how to do that. If you want to engage in that and you'd like me to um, share more. Let me know. I'm not going to go into it right now because I've already taken up so much time with this episode. Um, but I will share more about that if you would like me to. Okay, let's wrap this up. The last spiritual practice I want to talk about today is generosity. And I specifically chose this. There's lots of different disciplines, but I specifically chose generosity to finish this list up because this is the one thing I find that is so helpful for combating the idolatry of money right we spend so much time worrying about whether we're making money an idol and we we're so hesitant and we want to be humble and we want to say oh i don't want to idolize money money is not my idol but then by focusing so much on that we then say well we can't sell how do we sell how do we make money because if we make money are we not idolizing money and so we create this huge like story in our head about about money and so By engaging in generosity, we are able to detach a little bit from the emotions that come with money because we are just freely giving things. And it doesn't have to be 
again, like, think about biblically. Generosity is always expected to be in proportion with what we have, right? It's not about how much you give, but it's about what you're giving up. The, you know, the, is it the woman at the well? I can't remember if she, if it was the woman at the well or a different woman, but there's the woman that just gave her last, her last dollars, basically. And she was kind of made fun of for that. Like, oh my goodness, she's giving so little money away. Look at us and all of the wealth that we can give. And Jesus is like, but she gave up her last coins for this. That's so much more than what you're giving in proportion, right? That's her last thing. And she's choosing to give it up. And so it's in proportion, right? But how can you practice generosity for where you are in your business? I know that one of my biggest business goals, other than, you know, to have like me and my husband want to have a ranch. We talked about this before. We'd like to have a ranch and um all of these things. But like one of my business goals is that I want to take my entire family and not just like me and my, my I mean, I have one son right now, but in the future I would love to, you know, have more hopefully. Um, but I want to take ju- not just my family, but like my um, brother, my brother-in-laws and my sisters-in-law and their children. So all our nieces and nephews, I want to take all of us on a trip to, to Disney at some point in the future. Like I want my business to be so profitable that one year I can just take all of us to Disney for a huge big family trip, like bring the grandparents and just let us as a family enjoy time at Disney together, you know, have a nice big vacation and a rest and let all of our kids, you know, have fun in this really cool experience. And that's what I, I want my business to do that. I want my business to be able to be profitable enough that I can just gift that, gift that to them, right? But obviously right now, I don't have tens of thousands of dollars to drop on a vacation, right? So what does generosity look like to me now? Well, to me now, generosity is I just ordered 10 packets of baby wipes and I actually hate them. So instead of selling them, I'm going to give them to another mother that needs them and can't afford to buy baby wipes or diapers or whatever it is. Like giving things away, you know, is is a great way to practice that generosity because this is something I could sell. I could make money off of this, but instead I'm going to choose to give it to someone that needs it because they can't afford to buy this thing. In my business, I run giveaways all the time. I love to give away coaching sessions every single month in my Facebook group. So I give things away all of the time in my business as well. Um, so what does that look like for you? Is that, you know, giving a product away for to someone that really needs it, giving them a gift? Is it something like I've been doing, giving a mother, like all of those leftover baby clothes that you have that you no longer need? Like instead of selling those, could you just give them to someone in need? Um, could you take someone out for lunch or for dinner um, that could really just use a nice meal and a treat, something like that? Like, what are the ways that you can be practically generous in your in your business or in your life? Uh, and again, it's a practice. All of these things are things that you're not instantly good at, but by doing them more, you get better, you get more competent. And as you get better at them, obviously, God will likely um, challenge you to continue growing in those things. But these are all things that are so good and so beneficial, not just for your faith, but for the strength of your business, because these are all things that are going to make you more competent as a person. They're going to make you a better leader. Um, They're going to make you more connected to the God that gave you this calling and the direction for your business. Um, There's so many benefits to all of these things. Um, So I think this is a much longer episode than I had intended it to be. But um, I just love being able to talk about these things. Um, 
maybe we'll do like some more extended teaching or a workshop or something on these things. I don't know if that would be cool. Let me know. I think that'd be kind of fun. Um, but anyway, for now, I will just leave you with I'll with this list. I'll just go back through them again to remind you of all the things that we've just talked about. Um, so the six spiritual practices that we talked about today. Number one, pray. Number two, read your Bible. Number three, intercession. Number four, fasting, if it is appropriate for you to do so. Number five, extended listening time. And number six, generosity. Um, I pray that you are able to build these in to your daily, weekly, monthly life, that you make these habits that you enjoy, that you find fun, and that you get benefit out of, and that you enjoy that time connecting with God. Um, okay, have a lovely, a lovely, lovely rest of your day, rest of your week. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. If this episode was meaningful to you in any way, I'd love it if you went to Apple Podcasts and left me a review. Once you've done that, come hang out with hundreds of other women in the Faithful Business community on Facebook. I would love to meet you there and learn about the business God has called you to create. I'll see you there until the next episode of the Grow Your Christian Business podcast.